I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI and WGBH in Boston. Gold has long been seen as an economic safe haven in uncertain times, so it's no surprise that the demand for gold and the prices have surged in recent years. Our appetite for gold, though, can have toxic consequences. In Latin America, for instance, some miners still use mercury to produce gold in a process that releases huge amounts of the poisonous metal into the environment. But a handful of activists there are leading a drive to promote more responsible gold mining. Here is reporter John Otis from Colombia. In the northern Colombian department of Chocó, Alfredo Hurtado leads me across a bulldozed stretch of jungle the size of a football field. It's a former gold mining site, and it's littered with slag heaps and pits of contaminated water. The miners just want the gold, Hurtado says. They don't care if the land is turned upside down. Hurtado is a gold buyer, and he says this kind of wasteland is a common sight in Colombia. The country ranks among the world's top 15 gold producers, and about half of its bullion is extracted by small-scale miners and illegal prospectors who often leave behind a ravaged and badly polluted landscape. One of the biggest problems is mercury. Many miners use the toxic metal to separate gold from the ore in which it's found. But exposure to mercury can cause serious and permanent health problems, including brain damage and birth defects. And Colombians are exposed to huge amounts of it. A recent UN report found that Colombia is the world's largest mercury polluter per capita from mining. But these days, the country is also ground zero for a new movement to clean up small-scale mining. It's called Oro Verde, or Green Gold. One project is on display right here in Chocó. Alongside a small mountain river, miner Luis Palomino picks a few leaves from a balsa tree. He then stirs them in a wooden bowl filled with water and sediment from the river. The leaves do the same thing as mercury, but pose no health risk. They create a soapy film that attaches to the lighter minerals and can be washed away, leaving behind heavier flecks of gold. It's a technique passed down by Palomino's ancestors, former African slaves. Palomino says the technique is slower and extracts less gold, but he has no interest in using mercury. He says, we've mined gold like this all our lives. Because this technique is chemical-free, Palomino earns a 15% premium over the world price for gold through an outfit called Fair Trade and Fair Mind. Just received a package this morning. That is Fair Trade Gold. This promotional spot celebrates the first Fair Trade and Fair Mind ring produced in 2011 in London. Felipe Arango, director of the Green Gold Project, says fair trade and fair mine gold costs more, but he believes there's a market for it. Our bet is that if we can attach a value to it and we can get consumers to recognize it, it should be enough. The forests and the ecosystems that are around these mines should be more valuable uh, than the gold itself. The idea of these and other efforts is to do for gold mining what the organic and fair trade movements are doing for food production. This is a sector that can transform itself. 
That's Lena Villa, who heads the Alliance for Responsible Mining in Medellin, Colombia. Her organization promotes techniques that cut back on mercury use, but don't eliminate it altogether. Things like better storage and handling techniques, which can reduce accidents and toxic emissions. Miners who adopt these techniques are eligible for a 10% bonus from Fair Trade and Fair Mind. Miners are willing to change and to do things in a different way. So once you have like that evidence that change is possible, not embracing change doesn't make a lot of sense. Fair Trade and Fair Mind hopes to sign up legions of miners across Latin America, Africa, and Asia. Small-scale prospectors like these make up 90% of the world's gold mining labor force. But so-called responsible mining has been slow to catch on. Mining with less mercury takes longer and is less profitable even with the premiums. That may be why just 1,400 miners in Colombia, Peru, and Bolivia have so far joined the Fair Trade and Fair Mind movement. Supporters aren't discouraged, though. Green Gold's Felipe Arango points out that similar campaigns also started slowly. We've seen fair trade in coffee and in chocolate grow exponentially. This is the beginning. Right now the volumes are small, but we're starting to see consumers and the mining industry paying attention to a different way of doing things. For the miners in Chocó, those different ways of doing things bring more than health advantages. As she takes a break from shoveling, green gold miner Maribeth Mosquera points to patches of land that have been restored after excavation and now sprout lime and guava trees. The premiums she and her family receive for their eco-friendlier approach have also helped them build fish ponds with mercury-free water to cultivate tilapia. Yes, mining like this is harder, she says, but mercury would kill the fish. It would affect everything. Working without mercury is better. For The World, I'm John Otis, Choco Department, Colombia.